Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Ephesians chapter 2, 19 and 22. Verse 19. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation and the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So Paul uses several different metaphors and uses the household of God, citizens, being built, a dwelling place. Peter does the same thing in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. He uses phrases, similar phrases. Living stones, spiritual house, holy priesthood, holy nation, his own special people. Amen. Different characteristics being presented to us, relaying to us certain truths about the church and what it looks like and how it impacts our lives and in what ways. Another metaphor we're going to be talking about this morning is used by the Apostle Paul. And it has the emphasis, and this is what I want to convey to us this morning, is we need each other. And he uses the metaphor of our bodies, of all things, to convey this idea that we need each other. So let's begin reading in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So as noted in our beginning, Paul uses different metaphors, for instance, like the temple of God, the building of God. Think of this building for a moment. Just look around you. Look at this building of what it offers. It offers serviceability, different areas, different rooms that can serve us and offer us protection. So the building itself is represents strength and stability, all important attributes of the church. But Paul uses our bodies to illustrate a fundamental truth, and that is simply this, that all believers are intricately and delicately connected. Think about that. All of us are intricately and delicately connected we are part of the body, critical, essential. The infrastructure is beautiful because it represents your soul and my soul. Human beings interacting because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of our connection and our faith in Him and Him alone. And we are pulling, showing, Paul does here, that diversity truly matters in equipping the saints. We pooling, think about this, we are pooling together our resources. Simply this, 
that we're using our gifts and our talents. Whatever that may be. Let's continue reading in verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So there's a rationale, there's a purpose why we need each other. And Paul is saying, this is going to help us from being led astray. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So Paul again emphasizes there are parts of the body that you and I represent. And we are working together to accomplish the goal of spiritual maturity. Underscoring that truth, at least it seems to me, underscoring that truth is a realization that you nor I or the body, the church, cannot remain neutral. We cannot remain stationary. Or else what's going to happen? We're going to be tossed to and fro. We're going to be carried about by every wind of doctrine. We're going to be influenced by the world. We're going to be doing all of those things. Instead, Paul says, we need to do exactly what is revealed to us in Ephesians, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. That is, growing in spiritual maturity that allows us to discern both good and evil. And that's what the church body does. That's why we need each other. Verse 16 puts it like this. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes, listen to that, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Amen. This is a beautiful, powerful picture of the church. Instead of a metaphor of the building which is static and stable, it's a picture of something living, active, growing. It's the body. It's dynamic. It's organic, if I can say that. The church is Christ's body made up of different yet equal members all working together to grow to spiritual maturity. What we want to examine, I want to examine that idea with the idea that we need each other. And I emphasize first is this truth. The church is Christ's body. Amen. Now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12, to get this concept right in my, our minds. He says simply this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. Get that? So also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews, Greeks, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Amen. What a beautiful truth. The church is Christ's body. So Paul lays forth the argument that the body is simply one. There's only one body. One God. One spirit. It's not multiple bodies. There's one Christ. One church. Part of the Lord's church. We are all part of the Lord's church internationally. Universally. We're part of the Lord's church. Part of the body. 
locally. So we are in that idea, in that sense, united. No divisions. Now here's the kicker. If we are part of the body, we are connected. Think about that now. If we are part of the body, we are connected, and you or I, we don't get a choice in that. I hate to tell you. Surprise, surprise, shock, shock. I'll say it again. If we are part of the body, we are connected. No choice in that. And we must see ourselves as connected. And this is what Paul is driving at in this 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, Paul uses the fact that there are Jews and Gentiles. How can you be, I mean, culturally, there is so much difference in that. There is so much difference between the slave and the free. You, you can't even hardly verbalize the difference. But it exists. But what connects us is the faith that we have and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That connects us. First John chapter 1 talks about if we walk in, the fellowship, in His light, we have fellowship one with another. All these different people can come together and be connected and not isolated. Think about that for a moment. So the church is Christ's body. There's only one body. The body is made up of different yet equal members. This is He's going to go forth and lay this argument down. It's very simple. Very to the point. Almost to the point of absurdity. But notice in verse 15 He says, If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. And if, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So Paul continues his discussion illustrating as I said earlier, sometimes to the point of absurdity. And he argues to the point of somebody might say, I'm not connected. I'm not part of the church body. I'm going to do my own gig. I'm going to do my own thing. The point here is very simple. As I said earlier, it doesn't matter what we say or what we think or how we act in that regard. I, you, are still part of the body. Think in terms of your own body for a moment. Paul's illustration. Think in terms of your own body. You got a spine, you got lungs, you got feet, you got hands, you got a tongue, you got teeth, you got a nose. Yes, honey, got a brain. <laughs> All those things. Think about them. Plenty of diversity going on there. But what if I start saying to you, hey, guess what? My hand is going to start writing a devotional as I'm talking to you. And it's going to write this devotional that's due by Wednesday. And it's going to just do its own gig. That would be absurd, wouldn't it? That's his point. Just because you think you may not be part of the body. Or act like it. Or say, I'm not connected. 
I'm not part of the church body. Doesn't mean that you really are not part of the body. But it does mean that how you act and the decisions you make are detrimental to the body. Get that. Paul continues on and he changes the argument just a little bit. Okay? He says in verse 21 of the same 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Sorry for the small um, font, but I need to get it all on there. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again to the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So Paul changes the argument just slightly. He says, well, what if some of the other parts, we start thinking, well, they're not important. Not just that I'm not connected, but I start thinking, well, the hand is really not important. Well, the nose is really not important. There was a fable during the early church days that they would have known. It goes like this. One day it occurred to the members of the body that they were doing all the work while the belly had all the food. So they held a meeting and decided to strike till the belly consented to its proper share of the work. For a day or two, the hands refused to take the food, the mouth refused to receive it, and the teeth had no work to do. After a day or two, the members began to find that they themselves were in poor condition. The hands could hardly move, and the mouth was parched and dry, while the legs were unable to support the rest. Thus... Even the belly was doing necessary work for the body. And all must, must work together or the body will go to pieces. Kind of a similar line of thinking and argument that Paul was using here for the church at Corinth. Paul's point is very clear and I hope it's clear to you as it was clear to me. That is every part, every member is important. His illustration is one, I think, of incredible importance because what it says to us all is simply this. If we are connected, we are part of the body, and if we're part of the body, then your decisions, my decisions, your actions, and my actions have a major impact on the body, whether it's positive or whether it's negative. And that's an amazing thought. It's an amazing picture that Paul is presenting. Pretty powerful. Then he says this in verse 27. Now, just so you know, maybe you don't get it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Kind of a surprise conclusion, right? No, it's evident. But do we live like this? That's the key. All of us. Paul emphasizes are connected. We are truly all important, whether we think so or not. 
And for me, this causes a shift in my thinking and how I look at my fellow brother and sister and my behavior. It's a fundamental life-changing thought when you think about it. Our prism, our worldview should change because of this and align ourselves with God's standard, with God's purpose, with God's will. Rather than take, 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 we start to give. Rather than receive, receive, and receive, we begin to serve willfully and willingly. Instead of withholding our gifts and withholding our talents, we begin to contribute and to act accordingly. Now, the, the world offers a very different look. The world has conditioned us to do the exact opposite of all of that. The world conditions us to just take care of number one. And the things that I do is my private life. I'm independent. Hallelujah. That's not Paul's argument at all. And that force is a battle that is a constant daily war. And we need to remind ourselves daily that our decisions affect Christ's body. Because we're members individually, and because we're connected, and because we are a part of that one body, everything that I do has an impact. Now, you may choose not to follow Christ, you may choose not to be faithful to Christ, or you may choose to hold back your talents or your abilities, but it will impact the church. No matter what you think, it will impact the church. Now, none of this means that we have to look the same, right? We don't have to. Jordan, you don't have to look like me, cut your hair like me, dye your hair gray like me. <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to dress like me either. Somebody said, well, you got a nice sweater on today. Appreciate that. But wear your sweater. How come you don't have a gray sweater? No, none of that means anything. But what it does mean is that we need to be faithful to the talent, to the gift that we do have and be accountable and responsible for that. Why? Because we are connected. Because Christ is the head. And that's His will for you and me. And what this also means is, guess what? You and I don't have to do everything. That's the beauty of it. Because we're all working together, utilizing and pooling our talents. Some of us feel like we've been doing something on our own all our lives in the church. But that's not this design. Simply use your gift, as 1 Peter chapter 4 reminds us, right? I'll read that to you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Powerful words of Peter echoing what Paul is teaching here. Body is made up of different yet equal parts. Another truth, the last one we're going to talk about very simply is this. 
that the body is working and the members are working together to grow in maturity. We have a goal. And that is found in Ephesians 4 verse 13. I'm going to circle back around. Revisit this. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. No, not that we're going to be perfect people, but we're going to be spiritually mature. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Everything is about Christ. It's not about me. It's not about you, but it's about Christ and becoming more and more like Jesus. This is an amazing goal. The end goal. The journey and walk in Christ, yes, begins individually, but it also includes collectively. In unity and oneness, we reach out, we encourage and help one another to attain this spiritual maturity. Verse 14 says that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. The whole desire is to go beyond babes in Christ. The whole desire is to go beyond and to grow together. Not remain babes. Instead, we move forward, growing together. Verse 15 of Ephesians 4 says this, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into Him who is the head Christ, for whom the whole body joined Knit together, very beautiful picture, by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. It is this community of believers, as a family, as a body, each of us have and play a very crucial part. And we must see ourselves as growing and not stagnant. Are to be happy with where we are. Our attitudes, our mindset, our posture must mirror the fact that we are spiritually growing. Learning together, coping together, trusting together, growing together. That's why we need each other. And this is not focusing on numbers, how many people we can get to church. But instead focus on growing in Christ Jesus. And in turn, somebody will see that growth. And they are going to say, I want a part of that picture. They're connected. They have a reason and a purpose. They're not isolated. This goal that we're reading about here is a shift from individuality to community, to a family. It's being connected, not isolated. Contributing, not withholding. Growing, not remaining stagnant. That is the reason why we need each other. So I want to leave you with these questions. Are you isolated? Do you feel isolated? Why? You need to answer that. You need to figure out why. Are you spiritually growing? Have you ever... Do you see this congregation, this body, as spiritually growing? If you, if you think there's something wrong with that goal, you need to come to one of the leaders and say, Hey, I think this, 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 this. Because 
this needs to be a vision. This needs to be a goal that we have of growing, maturing, becoming like Christ. Now maybe there's something in your way and in your path that's causing you not to grow. You need to figure that out. And then finally, what talent or what gift that you have and been given by God that you bring to this body? Are you utilizing it? Are you withholding? Paul would say, you can't. You're a part of the body. Get the picture. Get in the picture. Get in the truth. You're a part of the body. Start acting like it. Stop withholding and start contributing. We need each other. Amen. We need each other. The lesson is yours. And I pray that it's been uplifting for you. Pray it's been challenging. Because it's certainly been challenging for me. If you need prayers of the church, you need to repent. You need to rededicate your heart and your life. You need to do so at this moment. Don't sit there and think, I'll have another opportunity. How often have we said that? You may not get another opportunity. Start now living for Christ. Come as we stand and sing this song. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.